Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast for expats with traveling partners. My name is Rhoda Bangacher. I'm a certified coach and the author of the book, Holding the Fort Abroad. In this podcast, I interview men and women who live abroad and have traveling partners so that we can all benefit from their wisdom and experience. I also invite experts to apply their expertise to this topic. Today, my guest is Kate Gondouin. Kate is British, married to a Frenchman, and they currently live in France. She's a facilitator, a certified coach, and a mentor. Her husband has been traveling Monday to Friday for about a year now. We talk about her family's experience with this lifestyle and what she's put in place. Kate, welcome. Hi, Rhoda. Thanks very much for having me. Really excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective from your personal experience, but also um, from a professional point of view as a, a coach. So first, can you introduce yourself, your expat journey, say maybe a little bit about your professional development and life, and then yeah, we can delve into this lifestyle and, and talk a little bit about what you've been experiencing and what you've put in place. Yeah, of course. So my my background is I'm British, as you said. Um, I always dreamt of traveling um, and I took a year off to go traveling. But that was a backpacker on my own. Um, and I used to work in the UK and then I met and fell in love with my French husband um, and we ended up moving to France. So I moved to France when I was pregnant with my first child. Um, we were both working for Airbus at the time um, and I thought well it'd be easy France is very close to the UK so it's just across the channel not a problem let's just nip over um, and then the reality was slightly different so my background is HR I've worked in loads of different areas of HR recruitment personal development team development um, communication change procurement finance I've done a lot to be honest wow. um, <laughs> And that's one of the things that has given me a lot of different ideas and breadth, but also in a country where you start in one subject and you carry on, you become more and more specialist and more, you know, expert. That is obviously something that's been interesting to navigate. Mm. Um, and the other the other thing just to add in that's the real big kind of like factor, I guess, is that my husband was four months old when he left France. So he is French but he's lived outside of France pretty much most of his life. So he was a lot more familiar and a lot more experienced of living in a different country than I was. Um, and that kind of shaped a lot of our experience. Um, so I'm now working as a, I've, I'm an accredited coach and mentor, but also facilitator um, and a mother of two fantastic, challenging children. Um, and we live near Toulouse in France. Okay, so that gives you a little bit of a flavor. Yeah, so a coach and a mentor, Do you, is it for expats in particular? To be honest with you, when I started, yes. Um, I said I was going to work with expats. Um, they were the people that I know. They're, they're my sort of people. Um, but what I've realized is that actually a lot of the things that the expats are experiencing is the same as other people in different situations, but it's just kind of it's on speed, effectively. Um, it's a lot more intense. There's other things that do crop up, but fundamentally, it's the same challenges that we're all facing. Um, mm. So yes, I do work with expats, but I don't work exclusively with expats. Mm. So it's dealing with change, dealing with challenges, yeah. unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think one of the things is that because I've worked within large organizations and a lot of different organizations, change is something that is taught as a skill in organizations. And it's becoming even more evident now um, that it is really important for change to be established as a competence that people have. But actually, the change that you experience in an organization, yes, there are you know, departmental shifts, there's different um, product areas, there's mergers, acquisitions, but that's minute compared to the changes that come in life in terms of going from an individual to be part of a couple, to be part of a family, to live in a different country, to deal with health issues and, and all the rest of it. So for me, the more I'm getting into this world, the more I'm realizing actually the the separation and the delineation of a small group and a small situation is not necessarily helpful because it kind of cuts off the expertise that you can get from other areas. Does that make sense? So what you're saying is not to just say, okay, it's going to be relevant to this group of people, but saying it's relevant across the board because we're human. Let's look at how yeah. different groups are, are coping with it. Yeah, That's a very interesting perspective. And I think one of the things for me is that, you know, historically people have attached a label to themselves. So I'm British. My husband is French. OK, mm. they're very two distinctive badges. Mm. My children are half English and half French. OK, mm. but they're still a person. They're still the individual. Mm. So it's the label in some ways restricts the opportunity for people to learn from each other, because mm. actually underneath it all, we're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, let's circle back to change because change is something that in our lifestyle with partners who travel um, or who are away for work is is a huge biggie, right? It it, it happens yeah. all the time because we constant. It maybe it's even more dominant, you know, or present. Yeah. So that'll be interesting yeah. to to hear about that. Okay, great. So when you moved to France, you transitioned into motherhood as well. Yes. but you were together right you were he wasn't yeah. traveling so much at that point and then it's no. only in the last year that he started traveling because of the new position did yeah. you did you know there was going to be this much travel like a monday to to, to thursday right a monday to thursday yeah yeah well he tra he comes back um after midnight on thursday so kind of like oh, officially it's thursday it's but <laughs> yeah exactly um did we know before to be honest when he was looking for positions and this opportunity came up it was clear that he was going to have to travel um and we sat down as a family and decided okay what were we going to do and how long were we going to do it for and that was something that was really important um, but I think it's a bit like when I moved over to France in the first place, until you're actually doing it, you don't really understand the implications of what's it going to be like day to day. Um, and so, yes, in theory, we were prepared and we were ready and it was all sorted. Mm -hmm. But until you're actually doing it, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a bit of a theoretical exercise. Yeah, very true. Well, this is also where you can draw from other people's experience, right? And maybe get a few things, even, you know, just to minimize. Um, yeah. But coming back to what you said about talking as a family, what did, what did you do in practice? Did you and your husband talk about it first and then talk about it with your children? Did you ask questions? What kind of did you emphasize? I'm curious. Okay, so when we when it came up originally, um, he actually had the first interview for this position when we were on holiday visiting some friends in Geneva. Um, so the children were there and the children were aware that there was an interview going on. 
but they weren't really fully aware of what the possible implications were. But obviously at that stage, it was very, very early on in the process. So we didn't really go into the detail. When it then became clearer that, yes, um, he had been offered this position and it was a great opportunity for him, it was then for him and I to sit down and to talk about, okay, what does that actually mean for us as a couple and Mm. as a family Mm. and how are we going to navigate it? Um, Mm. And once we'd sat down and agreed between the two of us as to what we were going to do, that was the time before he'd accepted the job that we were then sitting down with the children and we had a discussion in terms of, okay, this is the situation. These are the, This is the opportunity. This is what it'll mean in practical terms. This is how long we're going to do it for. How do you feel? What's your questions? Think about it. Come back to us with other questions or ideas or concerns. And we keep revisiting. That is brilliant. Wow. And you don't need to share what they said necessarily, but they came forward with stuff, right? And did they feel like oh, they yeah. were being heard and that they were, but what if, what if they said something that you can't change really that was major in terms of changes? So, the, I mean, the thing is, yes, there was a huge change because effectively my husband had been living at home um, and was here pretty much 24 seven for the year prior to him starting his job. Mm. And the start of the job coincided effectively with the start of the school holidays, which is here in France, it's like eight, nine weeks. So it's a long time for Mm. then somebody to suddenly not be there. Um, So there were, we had the conversation with them and we were very clear about, okay, this is practically what it's going to mean. And then, okay, what do we need to think about? How do we put things in place? So it's things like, you know, how are we going to make sure that we keep in having the conversation? How do we build, keep the relationship going when they're at a distance? How do we maintain the, the commitments that we already had? So my kids, like every other child around, is involved in loads of sports and activities and this, that and the other. So it's how are we going to do that? And one of the one of the big ones is my son and my husband both do rugby. Mm-hmm. And my husband is actually a trainer at the rugby school with my son. Um, so obviously that had an impact on their relationship because suddenly my dad, my husband is not going to be there for one of the sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really affected my son. And so it was an opportunity. We spoke as a family, but then we spoke individually and we kept touching base in terms of, okay, you know, how how are you finding it? What's working? What's not? And I'll be honest with you, it's not being plain sailing. Okay. It's it has been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am incredibly impressed with how my kids are navigating it mm-hmm. um and how my husband is coping with it as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, to start off with, it was very much like, okay, we're here, we're still living the same life, but everything is different. So the focus was, okay, how do we establish, how do we reestablish the equilibrium here? But at the same time, my husband is starting a new job in a new country for a new company, um, and he's actually working in two countries. So he's alternating between two countries every other week. So there's a lot of change that he's going through as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as time goes on, the focus is shifting in terms of how do we actually manage it? Yeah. Which is necessary because as you yeah. you come across the different elements, plus children change anyway in the, the way that they yeah. are growing. So yeah. different things are going to take a, 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 a front seat. So yeah. um, when you when you were considering the job, did, did you know it was fixed term or did you set the fixed terms? 
So we set the fixed term. It is a it is a kind of like a non-ended um yeah. contract job. Um yeah. so but we said originally that we would stay here for 12 months, I would stay here with the children and he would travel. So that was our yeah. internal discussion. But he yeah, personal decision, but he then negotiated it with the company in terms of okay, because effectively it's a big imposition that he's not available on site as often he's traveling so he has to you know he arrives late leaves early on certain days um you know so it had to be discussed and negotiated but for us that was a non-negotiable there was too much change um and because it was such a big change and would involve us moving house we weren't going Mm. to do that when the kids were the age that they are yeah for a job that we're not 100 we weren't 100 sure of at the time yeah yeah and I think it is wise to just set a time and say let's review it let's let's Mm. not you know commit to something that's open-ended we don't know what the repercussions are Mm. um okay so so one of the things that I haven't covered so much is this Monday to Friday uh kind of um, situation (laughs) yeah because there's there's you know there's one of the partners leaving for a few months at a time or a couple of weeks every so often. Um, mm. But there's something very specific about um, leaving on Monday, coming back on Friday. You just have the weekend. Mm. And I covered it a little bit with um, Arlette Chatelaine because she um, she lived she lived this three different times. And one mm. of those times was a Monday to Friday. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to hear your perspective, what unexpected challenges, if you can share and maybe some things that you've adapted to and maybe bringing the change element that you were talking mm-hmm. about and, and give some specific, um, maybe tools or tips that people can use that you found useful. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I'll be totally honest with you a bit like when we moved to France, I underestimated what it would actually be like to go from having somebody here 24-7, okay, except working, um, to being effectively a single parent for half of the week and then for being a family and a couple in a few days. And always with this kind of like expectation and this knowledge that, you know, the Sunday night, Monday morning is a hard time. So my husband is already into work mode. So it's kind of like... It intensifies things, I think. I think that's the way I would explain it. It feels a bit like I've got two different lifestyles. I've got one when it's just me and the kids, and then there's a different lifestyle and I'm a different person when we're together as a family. It intensifies things in terms of we've got a shorter space of time to get things sorted and done and to see friends and and all the rest of it as a family and to try and cram things in. And that that takes some organising. And if I'm honest, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um, the, The Monday to Friday, that is... That the thing is, it coincided with my daughter starting a new school. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we went from both of the children being at the same school with the same timetable, um, same location, to my daughter moving to effectively like the second. You know, the she's eleven, so she's moved to the 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 high school. Yeah, so she's moved from being in a very small school to being the smallest in a very big school. She's gone from a private school to a public school. So there's a lot of changes going on at the same time. Isn't that funny, isn't it? And and I think that's what you were saying earlier. It, like 
suddenly it's like there's not one change that happens maybe in the in 10 years it's like suddenly yeah. you've got like five changes all in yeah. the same month yeah and I think that's why I say in terms of this whole thing around the skills that you get from change management in terms of making sure people are clear on what's actually changing and what's staying the same that that for me is the important thing okay so the yes daddy is not here oh this is how I talk to children Daddy's not here, but we're still a family. And even if he's not physically here, he's still part of this family. So it's how do we build the relationships? And it was likewise with my daughter going to a new school. She's not at the same school, but there's still a lot of her old friends who are also at this new school. She's still the same person and it's going on to a next stage. So it's this evolution the whole time of, okay, what's the same, what's different? And how do you feel about those sames and those differences? Um, And then move from there in terms of, okay, if there is something that doesn't feel right, what can we do about it? How do we adapt? How do we evolve? How do you, you know, you don't make a change and go, right, okay, yeah, that's it. Not going to change ever again. I've done my bit. That's it. It's very much the evolution. It's learning. It's talking. Um, it's finding out together. And at the end of the day, you know, the thing that we do try to emphasize is this idea that we are a team. We have to help each other um, because I can't do everything on my own. Um, my husband can't do everything on his own. The kids can't do everything on their own. So it's how do we help and adapt? Um, and that for me has been the biggest lesson and the biggest learning. But yeah, it's there's a lot of changes happened all at the same time. And I think it's not unique. And I think that's the bit that is is the the transition for a lot of people in terms of it's not this one point, you switch the switch, everything's different, everything's changed, and then we can forget it. It's that's changed, okay, and then that's gonna change, and then that's gonna change. And it's that ability to be mm. comfortable with not knowing what's going to happen, with not knowing how you're going to manage everything um, and finding solutions. And that's basically what we've ended up doing. That's very interesting. I love how you apply the change management to this. And But how do you, how do you gain um, perspective? How do you not get exhausted? Uh, because I, I think, that, I think, if if you're tired, it's very hard to apply this. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yes, it is. Um, and again, for me, it's it's kind of like things come together at the same time. Okay, so I moved from France to I moved to France when I was pregnant. My husband had started working just as the school holiday starts. And it's also coinciding with me going into kind of like perimenopause, menopausal stage. So everything is like, okay, let's throw everything into the mix. But for me, that's life. That's what's happening. So I'm navigating the whole kind of like, you know, challenges of sleeping, um, which I'd kicked after having children that didn't sleep. I'd relearned how to sleep. And now my body is going, well, no, (laughs) you're going to learn again that there's different things to do. But I think the lessons that I learned from when I burnt out is that it's listening to your body and understanding and giving yourself slack in terms of, okay, what is acceptable? What's not, what can you do? What can't you do? And beating yourself up over things that can't work is just not going to happen. So it is, it's being connected with what the important things are for you and listening to your body, being aware of your body. My kids know um, that when mummy is tired, you've got to give mummy some space 
because I will hmm. I will not necessarily turn up and show up as the mum that they want or that they need or that I want to be. Um, and because I'm trying to juggle everything, it's going to take time. So everyone is adapting. The kids, the advantage is that the kids are getting older, so they're more independent. So in some ways they need me less, but in other ways they need me more. So it's much more around looking yeah. at, okay, where do I expend my energy? What is the important things for me to really invest my time and energy in and prioritizing those? So one of the big things is a lot of work that I do is with um, people overseas. So the time zones are such that, you know, it's all over the place. It doesn't fit into a nice working day. Um, and so I'm not often available all the time for the children. But obviously, because my husband is away, it's how to adapt it. And one of the big things is um, bedtime in that, you know, having time with each of them individually and going through what's happened during the day. You know, what are they grateful for, what they've learned, what action they've taken and what's their dreams and desires. And we do that every night um, and it it becomes a routine and it becomes the ritual and it helps them to see things differently. Um, you know, and it's it's snatching the time and the energy when we've got it and when it's available rather than stressing over, right, okay, we've all got to sit down, we've got to have dinner, we've got to do this, da 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 da. da. So it's it's learning. I've learned a lot by burning out by trying to do everything. Um I'm definitely not perfect, mm. far from it, but I am learning and learning to ask for help and to walk away when things are not right. Mm. so you're focusing on the things that are the most important yeah. for you and for your kids and yeah. for your husband and you're saying okay I'm not going to worry about not being able to do this not being able to do that I'm going to do this bit because this bit is really valuable and the rest it's just going to be it's fine Le and then adapting and saying mm, this doesn't feel right let's see how we can uh, adapt that yeah. Okay, I think this is super useful for the life that we lead. Uh, because, because <laughs> like like we said, there's always a, a juxtaposition of challenges and and maybe change and um things happen to at the same time, and also mm -hmm. things change, right? So so you adapting and mm, and then you can you can predict a couple of things, but then when you're in it, you you have to keep that flexibility of saying mm, this isn't working, this needs to work, this needs to change, and yeah and I think the, the big thing this is why I say for me is around using the the skills that I learned when I was working in large organizations mm. you know you have effectively you've got a load of different moving parts with lots of different beliefs and values and stuff that's going on behind and if you try and put everything into a nice neat pile with a root and this is what we're going to do and it's going to go like this go like this go like this some lorry or something is going to come and hit you from the side and it's going to throw everything out of the water. So actually, yes, you can plan. Yes, you can have ideas, but it's having that adaptability and that kind of like openness to say, I don't know. You know, a lot of the times with the kids, like all parents, they don't come with manuals. Why we don't get manuals with children, I don't know. But there are loads of... No, I know, right? <laughs> there are loads of self-help <laughs> books. But actually, sometimes the self-help books make it harder because then it's like oh well I need to do this and I should do that and all the rest of it and it's giving yourself the slack to take your foot off the brake and listen to yourself and go mm. okay what is it that I need because when mm. I know what I need then I'm in a better place to be able to help other people I worked mm. at Airbus and obviously it's planes 
Um, and the classic was always, you have to put on your oxygen mask before you can help anybody else. And it's a really simple thing, but it is such a strong mm. message for everybody who's within any situation that is stressful or unpredictable or unknown. If you are on, mm. you know, your last tether, the smallest little thing will push you over the edge. If you reinforce yourself, then the smallest little thing, you'll 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 just float with it. You'll go with it but it won't knock you off. Um, And that for me is the biggest thing, asking for help, learning, being open and just, you know, be human and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very important message because um, I don't think it's possible to live this life without it. No. I think if you're, if you're, if you're struggling, it, it just kind of sinks you because it's, it it does it is very demanding in terms of uh, emotional energy physical energy sure. um the adaptability yeah. that you need to to bring um is is demanding i think and so to to ask for help and also lower expectations places drop things if they're not necessary and also take care of yourself then i think i think that's i'm still learning <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody is i think everybody is and and for me the the other thing is that you know, when you are, I, re- I remember reading something recently that was basically the, the number of marriages that fail in expat situations is far higher than anywhere else. The number of people who are suffering from depression and stuff like that is far higher than anywhere else. The number of, and it's almost like, as I said, it's it's life, but it's life exacerbated. And so it is whatever the weaknesses are, you know, anything that you have got a problem or a hang up about for yourself is going to get exacerbated when you're mm. in a situation when you've got more time with yourself, you're questioning, you know, your things are not easy. And when things are not mm. easy, then it kind of like it makes things more accentuated. So mm. for me, it really is about being gentle with yourself mm. and also accepting that you can do it. We're all incredibly capable um, but don't try and be the martyr and do it on your own because honestly, that is just a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah. Um, you mentioned like you f- potentially feel like a single mum during the week, and then back mm-hmm. in being a couple um, during the weekend, and that that's something that's very yeah. I'd say common in this lifestyle um, to have these two realities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you like catch him up on the weekend, or how how does he keep like how do you how do you do it so that he doesn't like so that he he keeps track of what's going on or that he's aware or or you don't I don't know I'm asking yeah so generally I mean my husband and I um we are quite good at texting and calling at random hours um he you know when I drive my son to school in the morning he always has a catch up with my son to find out what's going on my daughter um has messages with him directly um so, you know, we have we have ways of exchanging. And if there's stuff that needs to be sorted, then okay. we just pick up the phone or we just email or, you know, we just it's it to be honest, it's exactly the same because before we were both working. So we didn't see each other. And, you know, it was yes, you catch up in the evening, but you know what it's like in the evenings. There's everything to do and no time to do anything. Um, so it's it's the same thing. And then at the weekends, if there's other stuff that we need to be aware of or we need to sort out, then we will sit down and we'll sort things out. But for me, it's kind of like I'm learning to not make it such a big deal 
that he's not here because the more of a big deal it is that we make it, the harder it is for everybody to live with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the kids will take the cue from us. So if we're beating ourselves up and blaming the situation and it's so awful, it's awful, they'll feel like, oh, there's something going, there's something wrong. But if we take it as it's it's a family project, we're doing this, da-da-da. And so it's interesting to hear you confirming that. Okay. Yeah. So you don't wipe, I'm assuming you don't kind of just ignore the problems, obviously, because we've just had a 40 minute conversation about it. But you, (laughs) you know, you, 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 the whole thing is, is viewed as a positive experience or something that we're going to use as a, is that right? Yeah, I mean, the, the the most important thing for us is that it's a trial, it's an experiment, we haven't done it before, we didn't know how it was going to work. But we'll give it a go. And my husband has um as of next week week after he's actually renegotiated and he's going to be working from home one week in four so it means that he will actually be here more which will make things again it's a totally different dynamic because it means that when he then goes away having been back for a week is that then going to raise more of the emotions and and all the rest of it so this kind of that's what I'm saying in terms of it's always evolving, it's always changing, and it's being able to adapt to it. Um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to do what works for you, and I think that's the important thing. Your relationship, your friends, your families, your friendships—they're based on what works for you. And if it's not working, then you need to do something about it. But what works for me and my husband and my family is not necessarily mm. a copy paste into somebody else's. It's to really reflect on. What what do we need? Do we need to have conversations all the time? Do they do the kids need to speak to the person who's away, or is that actually going to make it worse? You know, and it's very much around being open, honest with yourselves and with each other mm. as to this is what we're going to do, and then this is not working. We need to do something different. Yeah, and being and 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 everybody being open to reviewing and 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 bringing things forward. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Wow. I think that's a great place to stop. But do you have anything that you wanted to add or anything? No, not really. I mean, the only thing is to say if anybody else is in this situation and they want to, you know, reach out and talk to me, then not a problem at all. Please do. Um, But also, as I said, just at the end, the important thing is to really be honest with yourselves. Um, What is it that's working? What's not? And what do you need? Um, Mm. And trust yourself. Really trust yourself because you do know what is working and what's not and listening to people getting ideas that's brilliant it can spark different things but they're not you they're not the ones who are living your life your existence your day-to-day so really connect with who you are what's important and then you will find what works for you um, and enjoy the ride and enjoy the adaptation the evolution that goes through and just keep communicating. I think that's the big thing. You've got to keep communicating. Keep talking out loud, not in your head. Because if you talk in your head, there ain't nobody else that's going to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Are you taking clients at the moment? or Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're taking private clients. clients so people can contact you if they want to be... Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And what I'm also what I'm also trying to do is to to work with some organisations as well to try and help them to understand more of the the kind of like the global journey and how do you help people think before they accept an assignment 
what's involved. How do you support people who are on the journey and then all the way through? Because having done a lot of research, the the focus is very much around the actual move. So is the house, the schools, the contract, blah, blah, blah. But that's a pinpoint on a very long line. And for me, you know, if you look at the average cost of a failed assignment is 900,000 for one assignment, that's a heck of a lot of money for an organization to be disregarding because they haven't got some simple things in place. So, yeah. yeah. So if anybody wants to know more about what I do, then yes, please do reach out to me. Um, and get in touch i'd be happy to speak to anybody okay yeah well all your links will be in the show notes so thank you so much you're very welcome thank you for the opportunity 